All right, we are here to talk about our new Nerd Takes rating system. Yes, we finally figured it out. Yeah, so we're going to make this a pretty quick hitter and uh, show you what we've come up with. And as nerds, I hopefully, we think you will appreciate this. So here we go. Oh, yeah. We wanted to come up with something unique. We wanted to come up with something that both of us agreed on, something that we were passionate on, so... Here's our rating scale. We settled on Luke Skywalker. So let's kind of walk (laughs) us through uh, one through 10. So a one, a one is going to be that fucked up milk, milk in milk, milk, milk chugging Luke, blue milk chugging Luke, blue milk chugging Luke from last Jedi. Uh, Number two, number two is, is crying Luke. A three, a three we thought would be, look how proud I am. I just kissed my sister. <laughs> uh, a four, a four is, um, I just want to go to the Tashi station to pick up some power converters. It's, it's kind of whiny farm boy, Luke. Whiny farm boy. Five, five, this is uh, Ghost Jedi Luke. So he's starting to get a little bit better, even though it is he's from still, Last Jedi. He's still getting better. He's getting a little better. Uh, all right, now we get to kind of the top, the top five scores. So a six, like six is going to be Hoth Luke from the old yes. Empire. Seven yeah. is going to be Training Jedi Luke. Yeah, Dagobah yeah. Luke. Dagobah, Dagobah. Uh, eight, eight Stormtrooper Luke. These last three were kind of hard. We were kind of arguing with some with some friends of ours of kind of how do we flip flop these? Because um, these are all really important, really good Lukes, and like, how do you? So we had to come up with an order, but they are very close. Yes. Yeah, they're all badass. So eight is Stormtrooper Luke. Nine True. is I'm about to blow up the fucking Death Star Luke. <laughs> and ten, <laughs> ten is I'm a Jedi. I'm taking down Jedi Luke. I'm taking Jedi Master Luke. Jedi Master Luke. I'm going to take down uh, Jabba and all those guys. Um, so that's our one through ten rating. But we do have a couple honorable mentions. Uh, that yes. we would share, and so basically, we've got two different Luke's here. If we find that there's something that is so horribly bad, it doesn't even necessarily fall into a Luke Skywalker category. We're going with Cockknocker Luke. And if you haven't seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, go see it, and then you'll understand what this what this is referencing. Yeah, and by the way, it's not, I'm not. We're not saying this. That's a bad movie. I like that movie. No, yeah. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. And uh, yeah, no, absolutely good. Good call out. James it's so, and Bob. It's, it's just so way. fucking. It's just so random. That's why we had to throw right. it in there. And right. then lastly, the the best Luke, as far as it doesn't even hit the scale. My mind is just completely blown. I am fully aroused. And this is spoiler. We already showed you the picture, so sorry. But if you haven't seen the Mandalorian season three finale yet, or season two, sorry, finale, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, CGI Luke coming in like a badass post Return of the Jedi and just kicking the shit out of all those uh, those battle droids or whatever they were called. Um, yeah, that is just an amazing, amazing rendition of Luke that that I can speak for myself and I probably for Lambert too was wow. That was that was awesome. Yeah, so there you have it. So those are one through ten. Couple honorable mentions. So for our nerd takes moving forward, um, well, that's how this we're going to be the, rating. That's the scale. So, all right. Well, tune in for our next Nerd Takes. Thanks. Bye, everybody. All right. So we're here for our next Nerd Takes. We're going to be talking about 
uh, giving you a Blues 2021-22 season preview. Ranking. What we think. How we feel the season's going to go. Yeah, right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put on our little wizard hats and be able to uh, somehow tell the future based on what has happened since the end of the last season. So let's talk about the end of the last season. First of all, they exit in the first round of the playoffs. They kind of get uh, railroaded by a pretty they got darn, steamrolled. A darn good team um, uh, of, mm-hmm. of the Avalanche. So what, what were your thoughts kind of at, at the end of the season? Were you, were you pleased, kind of pissed, um, or none of the above? Kind of none, none of the above. Um, I knew beating the Avalanche was going to be a, a tough tale, a tough task. Um, yeah. but when you looked at how they, I guess maybe just a little disappointed that we didn't like at least win a game. Cause you, when you look how we fared against them during the regular season, we played them really tough. Yeah. And so I wanted to play them and then we got them and then it just didn't go well. Like they just, they looked lost out there. I went to game one and that was a mistake. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and it just it, like, there was, there were only maybe 20 minutes where I felt like the blues played up to their potential and like actually hung with them, like 20 minutes in the entire series. And then the rest of it, they were just completely outclassed. Yeah. I think they they started to get better around game three, um, game four, Mm -hmm. at least they were making it more competitive, but they just weren't putting the puck in the net. And even, even, even when they were, they were immediately getting scored back on. (laughs) Uh, Right. Colorado just had too many, too much fire, firepower. Good. Yeah, a lot of skill. They're good. So as a result, the Blues have made some moves and they've had some signings, but they've also had some losses. So moves, the really the major move for the entire offseason was uh, getting Pavel uh, Butnevich, right? That's Bucinevich. how you say it. Butnevich. Let's go Butnevich. That sounds right. That sounds more right. So that was a trade uh, for Sammy Blay and a second rounder. And then they also went ahead and extended him for four more years for five point. Eight million per. He scored forty-eight points in fifty-four games last year. So you think this is a good move? I think so. I mean, I think we had to. We needed more scoring. We yeah. we had to improve our top six, and he and he does that. And he's kind of like he's he's kind of on that upward trajectory right now. So the five point eight, it's like you look at his past few seasons. Yeah, it makes sense, and hopefully we look back on that in a couple of years and we realize it's a bargain. Yeah. I think if he continues to perform like he was, and remember, he's also, he was coming from, from New York. So like, mm-hmm. you know, they're not exactly the best team in the league. They, they had an okay season last year, but. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how he does because he was playing against, he was playing with two pretty good line mates when he was playing with Panarin or Zabinijad. So hopefully yeah. he can develop some kind of chemistry with whoever he's going to play with this season. Right. I don't know that yet. I was saying, whoever it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because they also had some signings. Uh, the big mm-hmm. one was Brandon Saad. He signed mm-hmm. for five years for 4.5 million, uh, pretty much annual value. He only scored 24 points last year with the avalanche, but he also played on a third line and he has had a lot more success when he played for Chicago. He scored uh, 21 goals and 33 points in 58 games the year before that. Yeah. I feel like he's, I think he's only like 28 and I feel like he's been playing for so much longer, but I mean, I like it again. We needed to add, you know, forward depth to the, to the forward core, the term, but the, the, the AAV 
I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think this is also another one that I'm I'm just not really sure what to make of it. Obviously, with with uh, him being a former Blackhawk, I immediately am like, oh, I don't know. That was the first. That was my first initial reaction. But then I was Me like, too. you know what? I probably didn't like him because he's fucking good, and he, and he was on the Hawks, and he was on the Hawks, and he had a bad year last year, and um, you know, hopefully- well, he wasn't asked to do a lot, so you know, like very similar to, you know, like Bucinavich was playing a top six. It'd be interesting to see like how his numbers look if he's playing top six minutes instead of third line minutes, because they didn't, they yeah. didn't need him to be a top six forward. They're Colorado's loaded. Yeah. And I think he's definitely going to be a top six for us. I think so. Some other signings. These are our familiar names, but um, some are pretty impactful. Jordan Cairo for two years at 2.8. He had 35 yeah. points last year. I think that's a huge signing. And they, they had to lock him up. I mean, RFA bridge deal, you know, a little, you know, similar to the army's done a two year, prove it deal and then if again if he if it keeps trajectory keeps going up he's going to make some more and if not then he'll resign again for maybe another one or two years at, depending on that and then until he can hopefully get get his big payday like some of the others we're going to talk about well right so we had a couple uh, other kind of role-playing um again year two year signings barbershop for two years at 2.25 sanford for one year for two million and then Bozak for one year for seven hundred fifty thousand. Any of those uh, stand out to you, or, or are you happy about? Uh, Sanford for two million dollars just seems a little steep. I mean, I get you don't want to go to arbitration because that can get pretty contentious in those hearings. I mean, understanding like it's all business. They're going to make their case. You're going to make your case. But they're going to they talk a lot of shit in those meetings. Yeah. Like they rip you apart. In those meetings, I just thought two million was a little too much. And Bozak for seven hundred, yeah. I mean, he's got. I think it can get up to two million with right. performance incentives. So, I mean, yeah. I think I'm happy to have him back. Not five million dollars a year, but for that much, sure. I was going to say, like, so even though I think we overpaid for Sanford, we definitely underpaid, in my opinion, for for Bozak. And, and you could argue Bar- Barbershop too. So I think it was kind of like a net zero. Love, love um, Barbie. Yeah, I do love Barbie. And then the big one was Pareko for eight years, $52 million. I mean, you, you got to do it. I mean, that's just kind of what, what defensemen are now, right? You just have to sign them for these gigantic terms, whether we like it or not. A lot of eight-year contracts for defensemen in the off, defensemen in the offseason. That's the thing now. And I guess, I, you know, that's just the trend of the league. I think that just like with everything, we were seeing a lot of 10-year contracts maybe maybe 10 years ago for offensemen, and that stopped because people realize this is just fucking stupid. This is dumb. 14-year um, contracts? <laughs> yeah, right? So I think yeah. that uh, we're just kind of happy. This is what's going on right now. It's the trend, but I don't think it's going to be forever. But I, I am happy to have Pareko. Uh, he's, he's obviously a, a stud. He needs to pick I it think up. It, After last year, though, he had, a, he had an off year last year. He was hurt, so hopefully yeah. he's back to 100%. But, I mean, I think this is, a, this is a win-win, because the Blues get to lock him up, and they get to lock him up at 6.5. And he gets to make, you know, not to say that he wasn't making life-changing money before, but yeah, could could he have waited a couple of years and then, or maybe even one year, prove that he was back and probably get eight or nine? Yeah, but the risk reward on that, given his history, like I'm glad they were able to get this done. And again, same with you know Pavel, we could look back on this in a couple of years and realize that we have this guy for six and a half million dollars for the next you know six years, and it's a steal. When you look at some of what, especially the contracts that were signed this offseason with so many guys making nine plus that arguably should not be making nine plus, 
And you're going to look back on this one and be like, yeah, this guy's just as good, if not better, and he's making $3 million less. Yeah, and I think that after Petro, I, I would imagine the Army was not wanting it to get to that situation again. Uh, yeah, but he should have just signed Petro, but whatever. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I am saying that I think that that we'll have, was probably we, we could have a whole episode on that. I think so that was definitely a motive. I would I would think that's a mo- that was a motivator there. I, I think so too, absolutely. So we had a few losses. Uh, Gunnarsson retired. Steen, even though he didn't really play last year, he also is officially retired. Officially, yeah. We lost Schwartz to Seattle, and uh, we lost Hoffman to the Canadians. And Dunn to Seattle. Oh, and Dunn to Seattle too. That's right. Dunn, right. Dunn, Dunn in the expansion draft, and then Schwartz to free agency. Which yeah. I mean, good for him. Like it sucks, but like I think I think he needed a fresh start, and good for him. And nothing but the best. Hopefully, he does well there. But it, I mean, it sucks losing him. A homegrown guy. Yeah, I love Schwartzy, but it, you know, again, we've been paying him a lot of money, and I, he was, he made he's making a ton in Seattle. It's probably too much for us, especially with some of the moves we still have to make. At least one move we still have to make. We weren't going to be able mm-hmm. to afford all these other players and also bring him back to that contract. It's just automatically total, total cap casualty. And I mean, and, and again, when you compare it to look at the guys who we who we got, who we brought in, it's you know, it's kind of a hopefully it's a net positive for us. Yeah, you're right. You bring in those two guys. I mean, side as well, and, and and you lose Schwartz. I think that it's kind of a right now on paper it looks it looks pretty good. There yep. was also a draft. And I don't know a whole lot about these guys, but uh, we only had four picks in, in the draft. We traded away a few draft picks in the last few years um, for some of our current roster men. And uh, we've got a couple forwards and, and a couple defensemen. But when reading about these these guys, um, we kind of were given a pretty good grade for the draft. I think that um, most of these players, they were saying, for example, the defenseman Tyson Galloway um, and also Ivan uh, Voroboyev. Uh, he, they're both, they were rated way higher and they should have gone higher in the draft. Um, so I think even having four picks, I think we kind of did okay with it. Yeah. You got to do the best you can. Well, yeah. And I think, I think the one thing that was surprising about the draft is that no major, major things happened, which is usually kind of what army does. I guess, I guess something did happen, but not like over the top. Wow. I think a lot of us, there to be more, I think a lot of people. A lot of people expected Vladdy to get traded there during the draft. Yeah, right. Well, more on that in a second. The last thing that just kind of happened a few days ago was that we invited James Neal and Michael Froelich to our camp to try out. Um, what do you think mm-hmm. about those guys? I mean, I think it's – I mean – James Neal is intriguing to me. James Neal three years ago, or two years ago even, was, a, was an absolute stud. Yeah, he could put the puck in the net, and I think that's probably why they – why they got him, why yeah. they gave him a professional tryout. It's just, I mean, it's just a question of, can he crack the roster? Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, I, I like those. I like it because it gives you a veteran guy, but then at the same time you look at, you look at some of the other guys on our roster and it's, it's, it's the age old question of like giving those guys some time to see what you got. But is that going to be like, if, if it turns out to be like, oh, my God, we got a stud, then that decision looks brilliant. And if it turns right. out, why are we giving this guy so much ice time? Because he's terrible. <laughs> then you kind of I mean, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I mean, you look at some of the young guys, it's like you want to make sure Cairo gets enough ice time. You want to make sure Thomas gets enough ice time. You you want to make sure Costin gets ice time to see what he is. What What's he going to be like? What's he going to be when he grows up? We still don't really know that yet. But yeah. 
because I guess it's up to them to beat those guys in camp. Well, so you mentioned, let's talk about some question marks. Uh, first off is, is Robert Thomas. Like he hasn't been signed yet. And I think he's probably, I mean, I would say going into the off season, he was the number one player that we wanted to sign and it still hasn't happened yet. Yeah. The number one RFA for sure. And we were chatting about this earlier and I just think it's, it's a procedural thing. I'm sure they're talking. I'm sure they're nailing down numbers right now. They just army can't sign them because they don't have the cap space, but as soon as they can put Sonny on long-term IR, then that frees up the cap space and then they can sign them. Cause I would expect him to sign for about what Cairo is a little bit more, a little bit less. Like, I don't really know, but like, it's going to yeah. be three or under, but it's going to be that high twos or $3 million a year for a couple of years, but you need, you need to free up cap space to do that. The problem is, is that when Sonny's ready to come up IR, what do you do? And that leads us to the other thing. Yeah. The big question mark is Vladdy. Like, well, what happens with him? I mean, you can't, you can't mathematically have him on the team and sign Thomas and have all these other players. We're just, we don't, yeah. we don't go under the cap. I don't know. Unless someone like gets, you know, again, that this could be, you don't want to say like, hopefully someone gets hurt, but like, that's almost like the situation that we're in. If we possibly have all those players coming back, I think a move has got to be made. A move, a move will have to be made, and I think with the, with the the pending Sunny move, and then hopefully signing Thomas, like you kick the can up, you kick that kick the can down the road a little bit, and yeah. it gives you some time. But I mean, at this point in time, I mean, it's it, you're again, you're you're kind of dug in because Army's not going to give up Vladdy for nothing. Yeah, but teams aren't going to teams aren't going to get him because they don't know what he is yet. So, I mean, best case, Vladdy comes out, proves that he's himself again, puts the puck in the net, starts generating some interest, and then Army can get him for, for something. You know, yeah, retain some of his salary and get more. What's best case and, scenario? Like, what do we want out of him? I mean, I think I'd say at I least. I have no idea no what idea. he's asking. I have no, but yeah. I mean, if well, he's but, himself, you're talking about, like, it's, as far as like the amount of goals that have been scored in the last five years, I think it's him, Matthews, and Ovechkin are the yeah. top three on that list. Yeah. So, I mean, 30 goal scorers don't grow on trees. You could argue that he should be a 40 goal scorer. He's done it once. But if he's back to him himself, then you're, you're going to be able to get a lot for him because he, you've got an extra year of control. 7.5 isn't terrible, but for a a guy who's going to put 35 or 40 in the net 7.5 is actually a really good number when you look at some of the other contracts out there so yeah i mean you're talking multiple picks multiple prospects yeah. probably easily but i don't one i don't think army's going to get that because i don't think you can hang on to him long enough to prove that yeah. i think it's going to be a very small sample size you're like look he's healthy and then he's going to have to settle for not you know, the King's ransom, but maybe like the, <laughs> the Joker's ransom or the, or if you're, you know, playing cards, the Jack's ransom or well, best, the that, Queen's that's what, ransom. That's what's crazy is that best case scenario, he comes out and he just putting the puck in the back of the net that first month, just killing it. And then yeah. we have to trade him and all the blues fans in the world will be losing their fucking minds for why, why do we trade him? He's the best. And oh, they, yeah. they wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but also they are wrong. Well, they are wrong because let's not, I mean, he requested a trade. Yeah. It was public. It's out there. It's known. Yeah. Everybody knows it. He's being a professional right now because he's got to play hockey unless he sits out the season, which I don't think he wants to do because then he's just right back in this 
he's back in the same situation next year because people don't know if he's healthy or not or anything. And right. He's even, then he's got another year on his contract. So I, don't know. I mean, it sucks that it got to this point with him, but hopefully he can, hopefully he's better. We can trade him. We can get some stuff and hopefully he goes on and he's healthy and he has a, a good rest of his career. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So who needs to step up? Like, what are we thinking as far as offense? Everybody. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, when you like keys to the season, it's, it's almost like rinse and repeat. Like you could say the same thing for like 75% of the teams in the league where you need to improve your secondary scoring and you need to improve your defense period. Yeah. We've got three really good defensemen, but then what, after that, what do you have? You don't really know. We've got two probably pretty solid lines, especially after the off season moves. But then after that, you don't really, you don't really, uh, we can't be too top heavy. I mean, when you look at the teams that have won the last few years, they're scoring from, or and even when we won the cup, it was all four lines and rolling all four lines and then being some like, productive. We can't just rely on O'Reilly and Perron every single night. Yeah. And even O'Reilly admittedly has had, had an off year with, with scoring. Braden Shen had a little bit of, he, he was very streaky. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I mean, when he went out, I was devastated we just, with Sunquist. I mean, I think that it cannot be understated how big of an impact he has on the team. Um, no, totally. I think Cairo Ky- and Thomas as well both have to keep going on that upward trajectory because, you yep. know, Thomas had a, had a setback. For Thomas a has bit. to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy, right? And then, you know, we've seen Cairo. cairo has got to be basically, I mean, coach has got to he take. He started off hot and then he just kind of just, he just cool yeah. off the rest. He wasn't at that same level after the first like month and a half of the season when he was just on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we're talking defense, I mean, yes, of course, I mean, Falk is a, is an absolute stud. And I think if those of you who know about hockey, you know how good he is. Tori Krug again, had some flashy moments, but he's not a goal scorer. And that's what a lot of people were, were expecting for some reason when he historically has not scored goals. Right. He's a power, he's a power play quarterback. Right. Yeah. So is what he does, which is odd because so you could argue, so is Falk, but I mean, hopefully, you know, yeah. year two, like you saw Falk adjust and like his, his year one was terrible. Right. But year two, you saw with like, he started playing like himself. Hopefully Krug has the same kind of trajectory where, okay, now he's used to it. Different place. He was in Boston his whole career. All right. Now year two, like show me something. Right. Hopefully. Well, I mean, so really the last kind of thoughts are before we give us ourselves the ratings, like what are our expectations for this year as far as how we finish in the regular season and, and, you know, playoffs, if we are going to the playoffs, what do you think? I mean, I think we'll make the playoffs just because, you know, I mean, there's a ton of teams in hockey that make the playoffs. Well, and the divisions be are being realigned again, back to what they were. So, yeah. They're going back to normal. Um, but no, I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs. They're definitely a playoff team. It's just a question of, are they a cup team? Yeah, I, I think, I think it's, this, this, it makes me feel like the teams like when we were growing up where it's like you knew they were going to make the playoffs, but then you knew yeah. they probably weren't going to do anything when they, once they got there. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, you know, and it reminds me a little bit of, I don't want to say the year we won the cup because that's, that's like saying I'm predicting us to win a cup. But what I mean is that we've had a lot of like surprising turnover in the last year. And sometimes it wouldn't shock me, let's put it this way, if we, if we start out slow because they're figuring out how to play with one another. And then at some mm-hmm. point, hopefully it clicks. You just got to hope it clicks and continues at the right, at the right point. 
Um, similar, yeah. similar things happen in the Cardinals right now, right? I mean, they, they had a lot of new people, new faces, and people that are like, all right, this, this is your official role now. Took them a few months, and now they're finally starting to play they, the way they need to be yeah. playing. Um, they've won like seven in a row, I think. Yeah, so I think that can happen I think, with the Blues. Yeah. I think we've got some opportunities there. Bennington's got to go back to the way he was playing a year before that. Yep. Um, really, honestly, the spring before the bubble, he needs to go back to that because he hasn't he hasn't played as well since then. Um, right. So, yeah. So, all right. So, as far as a rating, I am going to give this the off the whole entire Blues off season. I'm giving it a seven, and so I'm giving it a. Dagobah Luke pretty good could have been better but also I think that Armstrong was was able to make some pretty surprising change or changes and moves that I'm I'm pretty I'm cautiously optimistic about so Dagobah Luke seven out of ten I will go Hoth Luke I will go six out of ten um I think not hating on him I think he did the best he could I mean he's he's a wizard when it comes to trades and then you know some of the you know, well, hopefully the money that he doled out, um, you know, is well spent. Uh, but I just think not moving Tarasenko is just you. You did not want this to happen. Yeah, you did yeah. not want to start the season with him. You should have unloaded. Like they probably had multiple. And and I mean, I read all the stories. There were multiple teams interested in him, but they just they they weren't either. We weren't willing to take the salary take some of his salary on to get the return that we wanted or a third team involved or whatever you want to call it it's like i get that you don't want to just give him away but the deal should have been done i don't care what anybody says well and i guess you know i guess our ratings could change in the next couple of weeks because who the heck knows there's still some two there's still two major moves that need to be made during this off season and the season starts pretty soon so uh right <laughs> this could go this could go from a seven to a ten or, or even maybe a Mandalorian uh-huh. Luke, or it could be, uh-huh. or it could be pretty darn be, fucking quick. So yeah, it, it could be milk chugging Luke really fast. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, that's the word. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, hope you enjoyed our 2021, 2022 St. Louis blues uh, off season recap and review. And uh, let's hope for a good season. So let's go blues. Let's go blues. All right. Until next time. Nerd takes. Bye everybody.